0: Uh, Will you pray with me as I pray, seeking to speak the truth and to believe the truth? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, as we think about what our Lord taught about his death, uh, we pray you would help me to speak your word truthfully and clearly, and we pray that uh, we would receive it as your word, the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, You may have heard of Timothy Weeks, an Australian academic teaching at the American University of Afghanistan, who in 2016 was captured along with his American colleague, Kevin King, by the Taliban. In 2017, the Taliban released a video of him in which he is reported to have said, I'm here with no help and with no hope. I don't want to die here. I'm alone and scared and I don't have anybody to help me. And his colleague Kevin King said, we just want to go home. It's hard being in the power of your enemy, under their control, captive. It is to know that you are helpless, to change your own circumstances, helpless because powerless. It's fearful, your very life in their hands. It's hard to be without freedom, Hard to be without hope in yourself of realising what you long for, to come home. But Timothy Weeks and Kevin King were freed in November 2019, not by their own efforts. They were ransomed, redeemed, not with money for neither the Australian nor US government pay monetary ransoms. No, they were freed, ransomed by a prisoner exchange, the Taliban accepting three of their own. For their two hostages. Now you have heard this morning the Lord Jesus say to his disciples that he, the Son of Man, the one to whom eternal and universal dominion belongs, will give his life as a ransom for many, pay the price of setting us free by making the great exchange, giving himself to die in our place on the cross, the death we remember today. The Lord Jesus will pay that price because each of us, even if we don't feel it, is in the power of the enemy of our race, unable to help ourselves and without in ourselves hope of freedom. You see, every one of us is captive to death, unable to live free from the fear of death. Short or long, death will rob us all. It will rob us of all we love, of all our achievements, of all our strength and competency and usher us into the judgment. None of us would choose that for ourselves. Yes, some might choose to end their suffering, but none chooses death over a life rich in love and purpose. And yet despite our desire to live, all of us die. And we are captive to death, held in the power of death because we sin. Now, of course, sin is unfashionable, almost a meaningless word where we are our own lawmakers and judges, for sin is falling short of God's good standards. But God hasn't abdicated his rule of creation to us. He hasn't vacated the throne of heaven in our favour. His standards are still the standards we are accountable to, and all of us sin. And all of us in this world experience being sinned against. We experience a world and we contribute to a world where people are, in Paul's words, lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And again, you might just hear them as words. They might just wash over you. But they are words in which we can find ourselves, find our sins. And some of you know that sin is not harmless, not just an old-fashioned idea. You know the pain of sin, whether through, for example, being lied to or destroying your life, through having your lies exposed, through having your authority and love as a parent rejected, or the ruin that comes to your life by not listening to your parents, through being oppressed by living with the proud who ignore you and your interests in favour of their own, or experiencing the humbling of your pride through your failure to heed warnings or take advice. You cannot deny sin's destructive presence In our world and in your life. And we don't just sin against each other, we sin against God. Like the prodigal who could not wait for his father to die before he got his inheritance and then moved to a far country and squandered what he'd never earned but had been given. We take what God gives life, strength, our abilities without giving him thanks. Then we misuse those gifts, wasting them in pursuing our own pleasures in defiance of his commands, hating God, wanting him dead and if not dead as far out of our lives as possible so we can live as we please untroubled by his presence. All of us sin and there is nothing noble about it. It is ungrateful, wasteful, harmful. We are captive to death because we are under the power of sin, unable to free ourselves from it, from its presence or its consequences. And sinning, we have a debt to God's law, to the justice of the just God, who forbids sin for our good, and who has declared that the wages of sin is death. It is to people under the power of sin and death without hope facing judgment and God's eternal and just wrath against sin. A people who can never come home find peace again with God that the Lord Jesus says he did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Says that he has come to free the many, all who will believe the gospel that his death is for our sins. Free the many at the cost of his own life. And what he said there on the road to Jerusalem, he actually has done on the cross at Jerusalem. He has taken our place under God's judgment endured the death our sin deserves to free us from death. As Isaiah says, he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep, we have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. And by our Lord's death in our place, God's law is satisfied and those who trust the Lord Jesus are forgiven. The power of sin to keep us apart from God, to keep us from coming home, is broken forever. Believers have been ransomed by Christ's death freed from the power of their captors, from the power of sin and death. When Timothy Weeks was freed in November 2019, he said, I'm here, I'm alive and I'm safe and I'm free. That exchange changed his life in this life, didn't it? From fearing imminent death to being confident of life, from being anxious and insecure to being safe From being subject in his movements, his daily life, to his his captor's whims, he was now free. But the change brought about by being freed from the Taliban cannot compare to the change brought by the Lord Jesus ransoming, ransoming us from our cruel masters, sin and death, by putting himself in our place. You see, that ransom changes everything. It changes our relationship with the living, holy and just creator God. Where before fearing his judgment we fled from him, were estranged from him, we can come home to him. Like the son in the story of the prodigal son who was reduced to eating pig food but who came to his senses and went back to his father confessing his sin and was welcomed. We can come home to God, forgiven through trusting the Lord Jesus that He has died for our sin and been raised to life, we are now at peace with the living God and are treated always with kindness and love. Now, peace with God, think about that. If God is small in your thinking, that may not mean much to you. But if God is as He is, the living, almighty Creator who sends the sun and the rain, the ruler of human history who raises up and brings down rulers, the God who gives you every breath and from whose presence you can never escape, the giver of every good gift and the judge of every person from whom nothing is hidden. If God is as he is, the true God, as he has revealed himself in the life and death and rising of Jesus, then peace with God to be assured of his grace is everything it is to be secure now whatever befalls us and to have a future filled with hope for our future is forever changed by our lord giving his life to ransom us we are freed from the fear of death for believers come to have a share in the life of christ just as he has taken our sin on himself so he gives us his life resurrection life eternal life he assures us of that now by giving his spirit to us the spirit by which we cry abba father jesus said he who hears my words and believes him who sent me uh, has eternal life he or she will not come into judgment but has passed from death to life now think of that like many of you i regularly visit a nursing home And I have seen my own parents fade away, seen the frailty and the loss of growing old. And that's what awaits us in this life, unless we're carried off by death before that heart attack or cancer. Ours as a race is a future filled with loss and for many fear. But because of Jesus' death, paying the price to ransom us, our growing old as believers is coming always closer to being with the Lord to life without pain or grief or tears life without death it is hope filled what a change what a gift through being ransomed now for some of you listening you may not yet know that peace or hope nor the good generous God who gives that peace and hope through the death of his son But perhaps you can sense how good it could be. For you know the fear of death or have experienced the destructive effect of sin or have felt yourself lost, estranged from God, living in a world without a centre and longing for truth and for that love which would welcome you home. Here in the Christian gospel, the message of Jesus' life and death and rising You are hearing that you need not be lost, need not fear, for there is a living God who seeks and gives. You should call out to the Lord Jesus. He backs his word, his promise, that everyone who calls on him will be saved. He will hear you. And he wants to set people free. Or if you're not ready to do that, find out more about him. Come and read a gospel, a life of Jesus with us. Just ask the believer you know or come and talk to me or Andy or Chris. But many of you here, most of you are here this morning because you know the truth that the Lord Jesus died the death on the cross we remember today to ransom you. You know that peace with God and hope his death for our sins brings. Well, I also want to remind you that his death to ransom us from sin and death and the judgment of the law, to free us from being ensnared in the murderous lies of the devil, doesn't just change our relationship to God and to the future. It also changes our ideas of greatness, and that should make our lives different and our community different. A discussion of greatness was the context for Jesus' statement. You know, says our Lord, that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and those in high positions acted as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, as a ransom for many, now history in our own day have lots of examples of the rulers Jesus is talking about. Just think of President Putin or even some of his democratic counterparts. But our Lord says it must not be so amongst us. We are to reckon that those who serve, those who give up their freedom, to promote the good of Jesus' people and others, are great. And this isn't just teaching for those who aspire to leadership amongst us. Remember the Apostle Paul spoke of how our Lord being in very nature God didn't think that a, matter of, that a matter of holding on to his privilege and power but humbled himself to become one of us, humbled himself to die on a cross. And Paul spoke to the Philippians and through them to us of Jesus' death and exaltation in this way to encourage us to think in the same way our Lord did, humbling ourselves to promote the other's good, trusting our God to exalt us as Jesus' followers, just as he has exalted Jesus above all. And Paul says adopting the same attitude as that of Christ would mean that we would do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves everyone should look not to his or her own interests, but rather to the interests of others. To be ransomed by Christ, to know that he has given himself for us, means we can no longer live selfish lives, but lives that seek to serve others in love. No longer live lives that are preoccupied with getting our own way, protecting our own rights, but promoting the welfare of others and above all, the the perseverance in Christ of our brothers and sisters. Knowing Jesus has ransomed us and that his attitude should be our attitude, should make our homes different, where we serve and don't expect to be served, to have others wait on us. It should make us different workmates and it should make us a different community. A community that hates sin in ourselves, knowing how it destroys and mars the lives of others, whether that's our anger or our lust or our laziness or our indifference. A community that hates sin, seeing the harm it does, and so turns away from it to treat others as we would wish to be treated. A community that embraces humility, so we're not easily offended. So we are willing to work unnoticed. So we can delight in the other's good. A community that values and honours service, not show. And a community that wants others to enjoy the freedom Christ died to bring. The freedom of peace with God and of a living hope. And a community that will pay the cost in time and effort and money. To let others hear that message of freedom. And yes, it should make us a community of joy that expresses thankfulness and abiding joy at the reality of being ransomed, being redeemed. As Isaiah says, the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be on their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. It's a solemn thing to remember our Lord's death upon the cross and to remember that he hung there because of our sin. But it is a joyous thing to hear our Lord say that he came to give his life as a ransom for many and to know that what he said he would do, he has done that by his death we have been freed from cruel captors, death and sin, freed to have hope of eternal life, freed to come home to God our Father, to live at peace with him, freed to live lives of loving service, to embrace the humility that is the path of the cross, the path to glory. A solemn thing and a joyous thing. May joy in that freedom be yours today and every day because Christ has died for our sins, been raised, he reigns, and he will return. Let us pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, as we have sung, that we would know our name written in Christ's wounds. Uh, We pray that we would be true for us, that each of us here would know that Christ has died for us, And the dying for us has freed us from sin and death forever. And knowing that, we pray, we would live with the joy and thankfulness of those who have peace with you as a gift of your great and generous grace and love, as those who know they have an eternal hope. We pray that we would live with that thankfulness and joy And knowing Christ's love for us, we pray that we will be transformed to love as he has loved and to live as he has lived, putting the interests of others ahead of our own and cheerfully serving, knowing that you will keep us in your love forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.